This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Happy signing day, everybody. Early signing day. But this, I mean, this is becoming the big signing day. I know we'll still have it in February, like and it. and I'm sure we'll still check in with, with Brian and Hatch uh, coming up in February. But this one, um, this one is, is, feels like the big one. Unless all the uh, recruits did what you suggested they do and just wait till the last minute. No, I, I said if I were the creme de la creme of recruits, I would do that. That would be a much more difficult okay. thing if I were just, you know, a D1 recruit. You want to make sure these teams, you know, have a spot for you. Because if you're, yeah. you know, good but not great, they'll just go out and find another good player. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm yeah. saying I would milk okay. it if I were, like, the guy of guys, you know. <laughs> okay. If I'm picking between, right. uh, you know... All the Florida schools, Ohio State, Alabama, you know, USC, Oregon, I'm picking between all the best, you know, universities or whatever. I'd absolutely milk it for all it's worth. But if I was just a dude, no, you'd think about it a little bit differently. All right, uh, let's jump out to the zone phone. He covers the Utes for the Locked on Utes podcast. He also does some producing for us here at the Zone Sports Network. He's our friend Brian Brown. What's up, Brian? I'm just so happy to be joining two fine fans of caroling today in you, Jake, and you, Gordon. <laughs> not, not my thing. <laughs> not, not my thing. Hey, congrats to you on, on launching the Lockdown Utes podcast, though. I think that's awesome. Thank you. It was, uh, um, it's been a lot of fun so far. We're a week in, so I think I'm still kind of like in the honeymoon phase of it, but we've had a lot of positive feedback, and you know, days like today are the best because you can talk about it for a week, so content is king. All right, give us. So, a, what are oh, sorry, the, go ahead, Gordon. What, what, what are the main points of uh, the youth recruiting class this time around? Uh, I think the biggest point, if I'm writing a headline, Gordon, then the headline is this: Youth make huge breakthrough in Pac-12, and that's primarily because they're the fourth-rated uh, class in the Pac-12, 29th ranked in the country, and they have kind of pushed past for the first time that that 30 range and and they're ranked 29th currently with a few spots left to fill and it is primarily due to ethan calvert who is a linebacker out of california and peter castelli who's the four-star quarterback recruit yeah i think he's been on with dj and pk before uh committed back in april and those are kind of the headliners of the class and it's what's allowed utah to really do some work behind the scenes and, and create a really great class out of uh what's been a just bizarre year. Tell us a little bit about Peter Costelli. He is a fascinating prospect. Um, he's been on the radar for the University of Utah for a while. Um, California is kind of a hotbed right now for college QBs. I think some of that is due to the weather. Some of that is due to, you know, the training down there. John Beck, Jordan Palmer are all huge names in, in that individual training industry and so a lot of kids down there get a lot of work and and develop quickly and he's a very cerebral very gritty very athletic quarterback but he's still just a little bit raw and inexperienced um 
He's 6'4". He's about 215, 220 now. He runs a 10.5 or a 10.6 meter, which is incredibly fast. He's about a 4.540. So if you're thinking of a model, I I don't want to label him as Alex Smith 2.0, but he's in that same kind of vein. Um, Big frame, moves really well. Um, And and he has been a prospect that Utah has been chasing for, for quite a while. So I think... His commitment to the youths and the youth commitment to him is a very good indicator of, of what they've really tried to improve on, and that's the play at quarterback. How do the youths usually go about their recruiting process? Do they Are they consistent year by year, or do they go, okay, we're going to go heavy in this particular position group this time around and, and then concentrate on something else later? Uh, they definitely go position by position. I think last year was a strong indicator. Both they they needed defensive linemen, so they went heavy on the defensive line position. I think they also felt very good about their position with a lot of defensive linemen. Uh, this year, it's it's the linebacking core. Um, it, they are thin at the linebacking position, and although they've had a lot of production from it this year with you know incoming freshman Tiani Fotu, the incredible play of Devin Lloyd, and and the really outstanding play of, of Noah Sewell um, or excuse me, Nephi Sewell Noah's been good too, but that's, he plays for Oregon um, so they knew they, they needed to get some fillers in there so uh, obviously even Ethan Calvert was a big get there uh, legacy recruit Jonah Ellis, who is Luther Ellis's son out of Moscow, Idaho I think he'll probably end up at linebacker he's another big pickup for them uh, Trey Reynolds he's, he's almost kind of like a clone of Cody Barton in a lot of respects uh, he'll be a mission kid, so he won't get there for another two years. But he was a pickup that they were really excited about. And then uh, Mason Tufaga out of uh, St. Louis High School in Hawaii, who is another really highly rated uh, linebacking recruit. He's a four-star kid. And I think any other year he would have been the kind of guy that, that kind of would have been the crown jewel of the class. But they were also able to pick up Ethan Calvert. And so that – it's a very heavy linebacker class. I think they've done a good job of getting guys who can step in and play in Calvert and Tupanga, but also some developmental guys in Jonah Ellis and Trey Reynolds. And so they've done a good job of, of finding available talent, getting the, the right talent into position, and also getting enough guys so that they aren't left hanging if somebody gets injured or if somebody goes into a transfer portal, which seems to be you know this super popular trend for some reason, even though most guys don't ever leave the portal once they go in. Um, so they they kind of do it year by year. I think the recruiting philosophy has changed a lot from when they entered in the Pac-12 and they were just trying to offer everybody to where now they are really zeroing in on the right kinds of guys. So they don't offer a ton, but they offer the right ones, and, and they've found a lot of success in the last few years with it. Jackson Dart from uh, Corner Canyon picked USC today. Did the Utes make a push on him? They did, yeah, they did, and and it's that was a, a tough situation for Utah. Um, I think obviously being the son of Brandon Dart, who played at the University of Utah, they were well aware of Jackson and were in communication with him. Uh, I think it, it's sad to say this, but I think some of what hurt Jackson in terms of getting looks at recruiting is the fact that a he's a baseball player, and so rather than going through all the camp circuits in the spring like most national level recruits. He was out playing and, and, and being a high school kid like he should. And, and you're seeing in the NFL now and at the next level, a lot of the quarterbacks that are 
really good outside the pocket and really excel are those guys who can make the off-platform throws that they learn while playing baseball. I think Zach Wilson's a great example of it locally. You know, you look in the league, it's Pat Mahomes, it's Kyler Murray, it's all these kinds of guys. And so I think it's important for guys to do that. But at the same time, he got left a little bit behind. And on top of that, he was at Roy High School. And, and he was a great player at Roy, but it's just not the same level of competition as a place like Corner Canyon. And I think that's why part of the reason why they decided to make the move to Corner Canyon. And, and at that point in time, the, the jury was still out on him a little bit in terms of how good is he really. And so if you're Utah and, and they're pushing for an offer on, on – you know, Jackson's side of the family, and, and you're a little reticent to make that offer because you really have to be impactful at the QB position. I think this year, above all else, if you weren't already convinced of that, should convince you. You have to have a great quarterback to play in the Pac-12. And so I think as they were a little hesitant to offer, Jackson bet on himself and, and came out on top. He's he's a tremendous talent. It, it's, it's a bummer to see him go to USC, but at the same time, if I'm removing all my fan emotions and my, my local bias, it's probably the best spot for him because Graham Harrell's done a good job of developing quarterbacks. They're going to throw the ball 60 times a game. It's a system that's going to fit his skill set. You know, he's a big, strong kid in the pocket. He's very accurate. He throws a great downfield ball, um, and, and he is you know a very smart quarterback when he's in there you know he'll get better at his pre-snap reads and everything like that as he gets down to usc um but you know it's it's a tough situation for the university of utah and i think they're going to continue to encounter that as they move forward with those kids that they're just not quite sold on with their evaluations so speaking of evaluating, there's all kinds of aspects to recruiting. I get it, you know, but you got to understand and you got to be able to recognize the kind of talent you're looking for, like you were suggesting earlier. But you also have to have the personality. You got to have a certain presence. You got to be uh, a good salesperson. Uh, who on the youth staff is really good at all those things? Well, I think the obvious answers in the past have been Morgan Scally and Sharif Shaw. Uh, I think the real superstar as of late has been Colton Swan, and it's indicated by the fact that he's he's nailed two four-star recruits um, in this class. You know, last year he was able to land Sione Fotu, who has stepped in and and been a contributor immediately. But also it's in the way that he's developed those recruits and the relationships that that he's built with those guys. You know, since he's taken over, I don't think there's been a single – you know, player at the linebacking position that's played regularly that hasn't had an opportunity to, to go do something at the next level. And, and obviously his time has been short, but that's, you know, a pretty stellar success rate. And I think part of it is he just has a great eye for talent. I think the other part of it too is that he is just an incredibly hard working and, and very energetic um, individual. And, and I think a lot of it too is that he's very sincere and, and he builds these relationships with the kids much in the same way that Morgan and Sharif Shaw have, where when the kids start to doubt what's coming from the mouths of other schools, they feel a lot more, I guess, at home with the University of Utah. It's, everybody talks about family in college football, but it's the most consistent feedback that we get when we talk to recruits or their, or their parents or people around it that, that Utah really does feel like a family. I think it, it's probably a little unique to Utah just in the culture, but I think you've seen Kyle Whittingham really make that a, a focus point of his program. I think you've seen his disciples, you know, like Kalani Sataki do it at other programs. And, and I think that it does 
with this modern style of recruit where they are a little bit more in touch with their emotions, we'll say it that way, um, the family aspect really resonates, and I think Colton Swan has done a great job of selling that with recruits. Brian Brown with us here from the Locked on Utes podcast, breaking down signing day for us. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate you, and keep up the good work. Love chatting with you, gentlemen. Have a great rest of your day. Back at you, buddy. Brian Brown uh, does a great job. Co- covers the Utes, has been for a long time. Uh, I know they just launched uh, the Locked on Utes podcast, but he's been working for us and doing some uh, other blogging and writing for quite some time. We we love Brian. He, he does a great job. You've heard him talk about uh, uh, when Utah recognizes the timing of recognizing the right talent, and you can't delay on it these days. But the talent coming out of Utah now is such that you have teams like USC and and Alabama and others coming in to raid the talent, Jake. And that must be frustrating for a Pac-12 program like uh, Utah. Well, um, Jackson Dart's really good. I mean, we've heard Coach Mack. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? I mean, Alema. Anybody who's who's gone down there and watched him play seems to come back uh, raving about him. So, not surprised that he got a. Well, he better be good if he's going to SC. He's going to face a lot of competition down there. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got to beat out a, a Heisman Trophy candidate. Who's the kid that was? Uh, and he <laughs> won't probably. Not even a laugh. Come uh, he's on. Have to no, he's going to have to wait his turn. When you, what's the other kid who left there, JT Daniels? Yeah, he went you to know, Georgia, I mean, right? He's a five-star recruit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but he found himself in a situation, and uh, that goes to show you, you got a five-star or top quarterback in the country recruited there and ended up having to go somewhere else to play. All right, we're going to talk to Jake Hatch coming up next. He hosts the Locked on Cougars podcast. We'll talk to him about BYU's signing day today. That's straight ahead here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.